0: Welcome back to more on the topic of the referendum which is going to take place in Ireland on Friday, this being Wednesday. There is a moratorium, by the way, on any public uh, use of media. It doesn't affect social media, but uh, the uh, newspapers, radio, will, I think, from about half past two tomorrow afternoon, there'll be an embargo so this is your host Paul Omani on from Cork with Love the the adventure podcast I'm going to the woods with my dog but I'm now going to turn on the radio I have abs- absolutely no idea what I'm going to hear and I'm going to try two or three radio stations and see what if anything is on the radio stations in relation to the referendum now first of all here is RTE Radio 1 the most popular uh, radio show in the country at this time of the day
1: Together, they would allow um, a deviation of less than 1% of GDP, um, roughly 2 billion euros. Uh, So if we had a a, a catastrophic failure again, and we needed to invest
0: in, say, social welfare, and the social welfare budget is, is 20 billion. Okay, so that's that. And at the moment, that doesn't mean that it isn't a big issue, but let's just see what's on. News talk now, which is the totally commercial station, and I will now play you News talk. There's a desk which
2: is unattended. On That's one thing, but. You know, you'd you'd, you'd accept some of those problems if everyone was truly connected. If every nurse had her tablet uh, and had access to the the history, the latest medical history, uh, you know, everyone signed off when when drugs were administered, and so on and so forth.
1: Yeah. But I couldn't agree more. And again, the hospital that I'm involved with um, in the UK, we've just implemented a new IT system that, um, you know, is all around patient
0: records that allows us to connect with the local. Wow, very interesting stuff, but again, not about abortion. That was, by the way, Pat Kenny, who would be one of the most experienced uh, radio guys in the country. Right, let's go and see if by any chance there's something on another station. Okay, here's 96FM. This might well be PJ Coogan, who I had a drink with last night.
3: For less. (laughs) It's the 60th country I've seen
4: them in on this tour, Jackpot. The Lotto jackpot is 3 million euro. Play responsibly in-app, in-store, for at lottery.ie. Lotto. Time to play. Estimated jackpot.
2: <laughs> Call the opinion line now. 1850-715-986. Of course, 96 the our listeners between now and 12 o'clock, what way are you voting on Friday and Why? We're going to keep it brief with people so we can get as much or as many different callers in as we can over the hour. Rachel, you sent us a long list of reasons why you're voting I
5: did, yes yeah.
2: yes, on Friday. I did. Just focus on one or two, if you wouldn't mind, please. Why do you think we should vote yes on Friday?
6: Well, one of the first things I'd like to do is kind of refute this idea that we're introducing an extremely, extreme abortion law in Ireland. We're not. It is one of the most conservative um, abortion laws that's happening internationally and in the world, okay? So this is the the least amount of, of legislation you can pass. The other thing I'd like to refuse as well is that this is a government tactic. Regardless of the politicians, regardless of um, the political chessboard that happens in Ireland, we're not asking you to think about politicians, we're asking you to think about women. Fundamentally and intrinsically, this is going to be our choice, regardless of the legislation, regardless of what happens. So please don't let that kind of dissuade you. If you're kind of fearful of the government, remember that ultimately it will be the woman's choice. A couple of the points that I would really like to kind of look at is around health care for women. So I think that one of the things people are not really kind of aware of...
0: Now, she's being very inconsiderate. He asked her to keep it short and she's going on on and on.
6: And stroke from receiving the medical care that they need. It doesn't just affect women around abortion, it also affects our health care. Um, I think we've kind of looked at the kind of incidences of rape and fetal and abnormality quite a lot. But I'd also like to look at the idea about these abortion pills.
0: People... Now, I've had enough of her, and I really think it's very inconsiderate, and I hope he cuts
7: her off.
6: Ireland At the moment, we're ignoring it as an inconvenience. If no one wants to happen on Friday, what will happen? Those laws have to be enforced. So if you think about the fact that Ireland already has abortion people, we're not voting on whether we have abortion or not. The statistics that I trust are the Irish addresses on the NHS forums in the UK. They are, are governmental records. That's over 170,000 Irish women have had abortions. One abortion pill provider has shipped in 5,600 pills into this country. That's one. We don't know how many are coming in here. We have on abor- abortion. What we are voting on is whether we want to see it or not see it. We are voting on whether we want to pretend that this is not happening in our society and pass the moral baton to the UK, or whether we're going to deal with it in our society. And yes, there's lots to deal with.
2: You, you, mentioned, you at- mentioned choice, though. Uh, yes, I do, yeah. And people will ask and have asked and do ask. What about the baby's choice here? What choice the
6: do they have? Choice? In- PJ, I am not comfortable with abortion. I am a mother. I have miscarried in this country. I risked my life for my unborn child. I am not comfortable with abortion. I am 100% pro-choice. Because I cannot fundamentally make that choice for another person. I have loved an unborn. I am not standing here or talking to you on the radio because I do not understand the conflicts that people feel around abortion. But that is a moral question. You can be like me. You can be very uncomfortable
0: with this. This is actually, uh, this little bit has made me think of something, which is this. Supposing somebody says, but my unborn child wants me to have a good life, doesn't want to live, is perfectly happy to sacrifice their life for the sake of my life and believes that it should be a woman's right to choose. Why is that? Any more preposterous an idea than the idea that the unborn child wants to live at the expense of the mother. Anyway, just a thought. And
8: what's completely uh, making people uncomfortable is the whole 12 weeks and what can follow from that as well. Whatever you dress this up, this is abortion and the man. This is the best that this government as a radical, can do, who's openly campaigning on one side. It should be noted as a Taoiseach, that's disgraceful, right? But he is pushing the Irish women, instead of counselling Irish women, looking after Irish women, looking after their needs help-wise, right? We see people ringing up your show at crisis time and time again, right? But this man, instead of helping people, he's pushing the women of this country into abortion. And he wants to make it legal for mothers to kill their unborn child. That's the only way you can dress this up, let's be honest with you. No, they're unable the to have cases. But the other people on the left don't want anything to do with the health cases. They're pushing the have cases, but if they cared about anyone, they would have tried to implement something with the last thirty five years. But they don't want that, piece because what they want is full bodily autonomy. They want a woman to be able to Legally, take the life of her own child without any reason. And that is just going to happen. And remember, every baby starts the world again, right? So when you go out on Friday, don't vote for this. Vote for life and vote no.
2: What about the point, John, that for three and a half thousand people a year and for probably 250 of them coming from Cork, this happens anyway. And, and no matter how against abortion or how opposed to abortion you are. It is a reality that it is happening in this country. But it's happening in a different way. It's happening because people feel they have
8: no other option. Like, I mean, there's not enough housing services there. There's not enough services right across the board. I mean, do we have to go right back to the mangled law, basically? Well, we ripped the babies away from women and sold them off to America, whatever. We put, then put the models into institutions for 40 years down in Brisbane, these places. Like, I mean, there were treated like pariahs then with unmarried mothers alone in the 70s. Then we had to get to contraception, eventually, right? Came in. But, I mean, then you had those on the you had illegitimate. So everyone, you, women might be sticking since the foundation of this state. And it's the best we can do for women in 2018, instead of looking after them and protecting them, is to push them, to bring in the regime, for to make it legal, for, to kill their own children? I'm sorry, no. That's why I'm voting
2: for. No. All right, John, thank you. 1850-715-996. And to Eugene, next, another male voice, but this is on the yes side. Eugene, good morning. Good morning, PJ. Nice to
9: talk to you. You, you, Your wife is a consultant, you tell me. Yes, uh, she is indeed, and uh, she specialises in maternal fetal medicine. So, when people refer to hard cases, I have to say that's a phrase I've never heard my wife use ever, uh, because they're just couples who are coming for treatment. Um, So, for the past six years, uh, every... Well, there's a point. Every case is a hard
0: case. That appeals to me, that idea. He hasn't said it just
9: made me think it. Straight up, if, if your listenership could be sitting on our kitchen table on any given Tuesday everybody would be voting yes. Simple as that. Why yeah, Eugene? The, the stories are quite horrendous. Um, thanks be to God, myself and my wife we've never been in that position, we've never uh, received a diagnosis of you know a much wanted child having uh, a fetal, fetal abnormality. Uh, something that i as a, as a man wouldn't really have thought much about until i met my wife you know like, like many men are pretty much ignorant uh, of women's reproductive health care you know um, but whenever you're faced with the reality of it it's, it's very different and it's cr- it is absolutely crushing for people to receive that diagnosis uh, something that my wife is, is very very conscious of what makes it doubly cruel is that once she delivers that diagnosis that your child will not survive that's it. If they decide that they want to have a termination, if they think that is the choice for them, and who are we to judge any person, Uh, but if they make that choice, they are absolutely on their own. And, I mean, I'm just showing my ignorance here, but originally I didn't realise that that Noreen uh, couldn't pass on uh, the details, you know, of the medical records of her patients. I thought that was quite extraordinary. So we really are exporting the problem and as I find it really hard, you mean my, my own interest to be more in politics and, and history and so forth, I just find it very
0: hard. I wonder does a patient have the right to say to their doctor, I want all my medical records, so that they can take them with them?
2: I wonder. Because the stories, and I've spoken to people over the last few weeks about their story, I think, and other campaigners on the, on the no side have said, well, look, you know, you might en- we might accept a right determination for someone placed in the kind of position that, that your wife describes to you. But this is way too liberal. We're going way beyond that here. We, we, we can have abortion for convenience
9: here. Okay, two things. So some of the no-sides have said that, okay, they could possibly understand that abortion, uh, you know, termination would be feasible uh, in some of the instances that I have just described. Well, in order for that to happen, the eighth has to be removed. That's that, that's absolute. The eighth must be removed. In terms of whether or not, it, you know, how liberal it's going to be, well, that is down to legislation. So that is the next step. So the first step is... If you are interested in looking after those women who find themselves in dire straits, whether it's fatal, fetal abnormality, uh, whether it's pregnancy through rape or incest, if you care about those, you must remove the Eighth Amendment. That's as simple as that. That has to go. Then with regards to how liberal will be beyond that, then that is down to uh, legislation. And that's where this then should be argued out. Not at this stage, not when we're talking about the Constitution, but at the next stage. So repeal first and then argue later as to how liberal or otherwise uh, the, the, um, uh, the bill will be. Well, I
2: happen to think that's a very well-argued point. Are we voting no? I'll talk to her next. Will you be voting yes or no? Would you like to tell me why? As you can see, we're not having a row. We're just having a discussion of the places have descended into chaos. We're not allowing that to happen. Tell me why. You're voting yes or voting no. 1850 Oh, I'm inclined to ring in.
0: I I sort of assume that well, think. I think that there'll be an awful lot of people calling in. And that if I was to ring in, it would take ages for me to get on. Or I wouldn't get on at all. That could be untrue. Yeah, I'm pausing because I need to make up my mind. I decided to ring PJ Coogan on 96FM and i thought right well i'll ring up i couldn't uh, i don't know the number in my head and i forgot that i had it on my phone so i rang the general number for 96 fm they told me the number i needed to ring i've just rung them now the show ends at 12 o'clock and it's now 11:37 so i don't expect to get on but anyway some nice man um, took my details told me that they were very full so there we are um, I'm going to carry on normal life and see if I do get a call I'll, uh, I'll, I'll be very pleased to speak to, to PJ I kind of wish now of course that, I've, that I had decided to do this um, you know two hours ago right let's go walk dog
3: And the European Court of Human Rights has said that is torture. I don't view forced pregnancy as progressive. There is nothing progressive mm. about that. There is nothing progressive about criminalising women who take their healthcare into their own hands when the state has failed them.
2: Your, your, your case, Vanessa, and you and you outlined it to us in detail previously, so we're, we're familiar with it. But there, there is a case to be made here. It is made by the no side of this uh discussion that what we're actually offering is very liberal abortion on demand in any circumstances at all for three months
3: yes but the problem there is by looking at it in that way by having a problem with that you're then saying okay well let's try to legislate for the hard cases And what I'm saying is, by legislating for the hard cases, or trying to legislate for cases like mine, then we have to prove ourselves worthy. And that is not fair. That is not fair. So what I would say, the other thing that's been raised several times here is these supposed services that people would advocate. Now, I would advocate services. I'm always advocating services. But you will never see anyone on the no side actually running campaigns to see them in place. They only bring them up. They only bring them up when they are using it as a battering ram for women who do not want to be pregnant. And that, again, is not fair. And what I would say is the no side does not want to deal with the the fact that abortion is happening.
0: Now, I think it's... I've had a similar thought myself many times, which is that the leaders, let's say, of the no side, the ones that are most experienced in public life, the impression I formed is that they have a track record, that they were also involved in the campaign to um, over marriage equality and they were against um, making it possible for people uh, of the same gender to get married um, they were also this is my impression i must admit that they were also against divorce being legalized in ireland and that and i uh, go even a step further that they are against uh, contraception and that they are staunch roman catholics involved in trying to put uh, maintain uh, as much as possible of roman catholic social uh, thinking after all um, the uh, roman catholic church is against uh, ...what it would call artificial means of uh, contraception. Um, I don't think it's in favour of legalising divorce. Um, And it's certainly not in favour of it being possible to have an abortion. And some of them are pretty... I'm pretty certain, those of them who are most consistent... Are against it being possible for people to have an abortion if they have been raped, or even if they, um, if the likelihood of the child surviving outside the womb is uh, is as close to nil as can be imagined.
2: If they can, your mum made a choice. Another woman might make another choice. Well, that's
7: that's the point, like you know, and I mean something something very positive happened um, as a result of of, um, of her pregnancy, you know. Okay. I mean, this is where this is where absolutely it, it's tearing me like you know. It's um, you know, people need to realise that like you know there are positive outcomes like you know. It it is the cry. I was the crisis pregnancy like, and that's genuinely how we described it like you know. Okay. Uh, there was a decision to be made and. You know, there are other decisions also, you
2: know. Right. And John is voting no. Thank you, John. John is voting no on Friday for those reasons. I'll take another couple of calls. 1850-715-996. How are you voting? Yes or no? And why?
7: The Opinion Live with the Ireland edition of The Times. Be well informed on Ireland and the world. Corks,
2: 96 FM. Is there a category called Most Desirable Male Canadian?
0: Right, last night... Nice. In Toastmasters, um, PJ Coogan was what we call the Topics Master. And uh, I won't go into it here, but all I want to say is that he was terrific at it. He gave us a great experience of presenting us with uh, topics uh, that uh, anybody in the room would have been able to say something about um, no, admittedly he didn't uh, give offer the topic of the Irish referendum for people to talk about and that's a different topic altogether
10: balls. Stay safe, stay clear wires for emergencies call
6: 1853
0: I reckon there's about top whack seven or eight more minutes of this topic I think I'd better let the dog out of the back of the car I'll put him on a lead and uh... here I'm gonna put you on a lead Mm. there you are mm. oh, come here you can you can stand there while I listen to the end of the radio program I'm a bit concerned about Louis, by the way. Um, he's he's too thin he's not putting on. Enough weight. He lost a lot of weight recently. Came to us as a rescue dog. Needed to put on weight. Did put on weight. Then my memory is that he went to a kennel recently for about three days, three, maybe four days, and came back having lost a lot of weight. It's so good. Right, I guess that these radio programs are filling in the ads
2: this is Alan Cadigan. want to be cool for right take park in callaughs ga cool camps in cork this summer if you're aged 6 up to 13 you'll
0: love it just camps. check what else is on All elsewhere learning
11: skills with brilliant coaching
12: also worked mm-hmm. there together. Now, one of the interesting things
7: as well is you took your you took on your first head chef role in opening the Diamond Club at Arsenal.
13: Head chef. Going to be with me, telling me why our own the script are suing James Arthur over one of his songs.
7: He tried right. to get up when he fell to the ground. They just did not give up. Um, there was quite an amount of detail in that. Uh, do you mind if I bring Ralph mm-hmm. Regal in at this point no, on that one? Uh, isn't that right, Ralph? The, the trial itself really was very graphic about the detail of his final of his final moments
0: okay back to 96 fm
2: which is uh, i don't think
0: there's any radio station that i can get maybe a radio carry would have something on abortion uh, now.
2: my last two callers on this to keep it brief as they can because we need to, need to speak to returning officer Martin Harvey about some things that voters need to know on Friday when they're going to the polls. So I'll be asking both Kate and Bernie to, to limit their contribution to about two minutes each if you can. Uh, Kate is calling for a yes vote on Friday. Good morning, Kate.
10: Hi, good morning, BJ i'm just uh, ringing in because i just want to reflect on the concept of choice and what it actually means because um i think it's been said so much that we don't really think about what it means um to have power over your own body is uh, i think a core and to be forced into anything whether it's a forced abortion or forced pregnancy or forced adoption is horrific to, to any reasonable person, I think. Um, we don't... To force somebody to get blood, to force somebody to donate organs, to restrain somebody against their will or detain them some way for no reason. Like, it's... it's. Um, I believe it's a, it's a human rights issue. And I think that we need to trust women to make these decisions. And a mother myself... Um, I heard Elizabeth talking about, you know, where it's protection for the unborn child. When I've been pregnant with wanted pregnancies, I am the ultimate protector of my unborn child. And most mothers would say they, with their children, they fall under a bus for them. But I think we need to reflect on what kind of trauma it can create for a person when they are forced to be pregnant against their will and essentially trapped in that. Mm. And I would agree on the no side. I've read the stories about women being forced into abortions and regressing them. And I absolutely, I would fight as hard for a woman to not be forced into pregnancy as I'd fight for a woman not to be forced into abortion. We need to respect women and allow them to make their own decisions and families and parents. I have a husband and my fertility is linked to his fertility and we make decisions as families. We make decisions for my born children, um, any reproductive decision I make from now it's going to be my born children that exist now will be first and foremost in my mind. And I think most parents can reflect
2: on that as well and agree with it. All right, Kate, thank you very much for being brief uh, for a yes vote. My final caller on this is the no vote. We have counted the callers. We've had the same number of callers and roughly the same amount of speaking time for both sides are as close as we can get to it. Bernie's calling for a no vote and you have the closing one today, Bernie, on this. Good morning. Good
1: morning. Why a no vote? Um, I am voting no because I believe in life from conception to the moment of death and I believe I have no right or I shouldn't really I even feel uncomfortable um, having to go to vote but of course I will because I feel I have no right to have a say in whether who should live and who should die
2: What about the circumstance in which a young person has been raped?
1: I think our government where uh, our country is said like I agree with John O'Donoghue and there was another lady caller on earlier that I agree with um, um, they should be looking at ways of how taking care of women taking care of children and I think it's very sad in the only way that they can take care of them is to murder
0: them Taking care of I mean what a bloody stupid idea We do not live in a society where the state takes care of women. No, society does not take care in any formal way. Okay, there's some money given to uh, women, there's some help, but that's so far different from taking care of in any meaningful sense of the word. Women who are pregnant, who carry a child, they carry 99% of the burden or the delight of doing that. And to talk in this waffly, uh, ridiculous, utopian way of society should take care of women, we all know. Society not only hasn't done it, and society will never do it.
5: And bring evidence of identity with you. For example, a passport, driving licence, public service card, things like that, student card. This year, the people who voted in the last election will vote in the same place, other than one change. People who vote normally in of own Aspel, on the Old Yard Road in Mayfield and that is closed for the moment and they, those voters have been moved to Sculvera August own on Boherboy Road in Mayfield which is formerly Sculvera boundary just that's the only change really in relation to polling stations this year uh, in this referendum we have a new situation where ballot paper templates who is, which assist visually impaired voters to cast their vote without assistance are being used for the first time at the referendum. Yeah. So anyone with problems with um, impaired visual, uh, visually, um, these co- templates are available in all polling stations. So do you just go to the presiding officer and ask, is that it? Yes, exactly, and there's one available. Um, the one thing I would like to raise and point out is election posters may not be displayed within 50 metres of a polling station and this restriction takes effect 30 minutes before the official commencement of the polling So they should be removed at 6.30am, and that lasts until 30 minutes after the poll.
2: Martin, what about the wearing of jumpers and badges and hats and hoodies, which has come
5: to the fore in this this referendum, I think, like I've never seen before? Sure. Not allowed in the polling station or within 50 metres. The same applies to badges and jumpers and things like that. Um, Within 50 metres of a polling station, they're not allowed. Um,
0: What's the boundary of the polling station? Where exactly does the boundary begin?
5: Years at other elections. So, can somebody wearing a jumper be stopped from voting until they remove it? The, well, they could be stopped, yes. But um, if they're just coming in to vote and going out straight away and not staying around within 50 metres, we, we'd be reasonable in that regard. Uh, but technically, yes, they would. But we would encourage anyone who comes to vote that we would get them to vote. Um, So, um, the posters is a problem. We had a problem in the last election. And we'd ask and encourage everyone who have posters up to remove the posters within 50 metres of the polling station. And the notice of situation of polling stations is on our website, which is corkcityreturningofficer.com. If anyone has any doubt where a polling station will be, they can check it on our website. Okay.
2: okay. Martin, what about people who got multiple polling cards or didn't get a polling card? First of all, the
5: people who didn't get a polling card. Okay. the first thing is to check that you're on the register. You should check with the franchise office in City Hall or County Hall. If you're not on the register, you can't vote. That's the motto, I'm afraid. Um, If you've got multiple polling information cards... um, then you only need to bring one with you. They're only information cards. You only obviously get one vote. But if you're on the register, whether you've got one or not, you're entitled to vote. And just bring evidence of identity with you to the polling station as you'll need that um, if you don't have the polling information card. Like we had a call
2: from somebody who said that she got two polling cards, one in her own house, and one in her parents' house. Now, does she have two votes? I mean, is the system on top of that?
5: No, what she should do is contact the franchise office in City Hall or County Hall and tell them that and cancel whichever one is incorrect. And when she attends at her polling station, whether she has two cards or 22 cards, she'll only get one vote.
2: Yeah, but is there anything to stop her going to the other polling station and using the other card? Well,
5: if she did did that, she'd be guilty of uh, fraudulent voting and uh, subject to prosecution. You're only entitled to one vote. And when an error is made by the franchise office, um, she can't rely on that to uh, to avoid prosecution um, for voting in that manner. And finally, Martin, in this world of social media,
2: I saw this happen during the last referendum and indeed during elections. You don't
5: take selfies? Don't take selfies in no, the polling booth? No, we We don't allow people to take selfies in the polling uh, station. Um, it it interferes with the privacy of the ballot, and it, it's prohibited. Okay. Counting
2: will begin on... I don't understand.
0: Why does it prohibit? I mean, taking a selfie, that doesn't interfere with the privacy of the ballot. I'm entitled... I mean... I don't understand why that is the case. I can understand a rule that says you shouldn't take photographs of other people in and inside the polling station. But what's wrong with me taking a photograph of... R- ridiculous and too vague is my, my attitude, my initial response.
5: And we'd love to have anyone who's interested in
2: PR attend. All right. Well, um, Martin, you've been doing this now for quite some time, and I know it's a busy. It'll be a busy couple of days for you and your staff. But thanks for taking your call, or taking our call today, rather. Returning officer for Cork North and South Central, uh, Martin Harvey, and of course uh, Cork's 96FM News and C103 providing extensive coverage of the count. On Saturday, we will have reporters, Fiona and Moiraid will be in the two individual count centres. and Barry and the lads will be on the news desk. And, of course, national coverage from our national news providers from all over the country. As the ballot papers open, or the ballot boxes are opened, say, 9, quarter past 9 on Saturday morning. On my own experience, you begin to get a pattern. You begin to get something very solid by about 11 o'clock to how this is going to go. And believe me, you don't need to step outside 96FM or C103 for the most accurate and up-to-the-minute analysis of the count taking place on Saturday. That's it for now. The programme today, edited by Fergal Barry, produced and researched by Richard Vickery. Your podcast will be up around lunchtime. Repeat is in the early hours. Reminder to you that for now, we decamp to Radioton. We'll see you there tomorrow morning, live from the Mercy Hospital at just
0: okay now last thought I have on this which I never thought of before somebody mentioned PR and I don't know what they were talking about there but I thought I wonder if I set myself up 50 yards and okay 100 yards from the polling station what it would be like to do live stream on Periscope and perhaps find some people willing to talk to me I might seriously consider doing that on Friday morning because it would be a terrific way of, I don't know, just just cr- creating a record, holding a record of what has happened in Ireland. I know it would be. I mean, a piece of, just a piece of history. Okay, thank you, PJ. Better go walk in the woods. That was a tractor.
4: He spoke about protecting women, Mm -hmm. uh, protecting women in the same line. We have some of the best health outcomes in the world, better than most other countries where you have widespread abortion. He spoke about abortion pills and that we should legalise abortion because we're bringing in illegal abortion pills. We know that in Britain, there's almost 200,000 abortions in every year that there's a huge problem with illegal abortion bills. in fact the BPAS the British Pregnancy Advisory Service have described that number as staggering he talks about compassion but not once did he allude to the baby and the humanity of the baby right. and, and, one, and just, just one other thing you know I, I think if people actually think about what's involved here uh, you know that this is widespread, this is this is British style abortion and what actually is involved in abortion and what is a some product of abortion people would say no and they would say to the politicians come back to us with something better than this there are better ways, there's more compassion counselling, social services perinatal hospice care housing for women yeah. that are pregnant and don't have it These are- Oh Grace, we should give houses to women now who are pregnant
0: with an unwanted baby this is Pure rubbish. There is a housing waiting list. We got a housing crisis. Can you just see the headlines? Women getting pregnant in order to jump the housing queue. Ugh. I don't
4: think we should have a law That would allow us to intentionally end life, or to destroy one of our patients.
13: All right. Okay. Thank you for coming in and speaking to me. That is GP from the Love Both campaign, there, Dr. Andrew O'Regan. Huge amounts of people uh, texting in. Uh, Just huge. I'll try and get to as many of them as I can. Someone says, "Kira, I agree with your guest. I think there is a lot of scaremongering going on." That was a I was, um, I was that mother 28 years ago I had preeclampsia and toxemia I was 24 weeks pregnant my premature baby was born by emergency C-section survived for two days birth weight was one and a half pounds unfortunately she did not live long but she died with dignity and neither I nor the gynae who performed the emergency C-section killed our baby she died a natural death from a worried parent concerned about misinformation uh, P.S. the doctor put me first as the mother please read out my text yes I will indeed someone says Kira, please can you ask your no guest about how they would deal with the lady of inner shoes who lost twins and was forced to carry them till she spontaneously went into labour one was born seven days before the other. I'm afraid we've no time to put lots of questions to him. Someone else says, uh, what scary world is it when doctors haven't thought about the philosophical basis for saving an existing person's life over a born person's life? It's verging on handmaid's tail to think that women are just vessels for babies. Someone says, as a dairy farmer, I think the comment about better care for animals than mothers is pure ludicrous. Someone else says, can you ask your guest if he was prescribe the morning after pill and is he happy forcing women who have been victims of rape or carrying a child with fatal fetal abnormality? Um Keira, why can't someone else says pure as a GP? Why can't girls get DNCs straight after a rape? Someone else says fourth year medical student this GP I think they mean Andrew is, seems very ignorant of the actual situation in hospitals where I spend my days I'm ashamed people I came are part of the medical profession Kira, there is a morning after pill which could be given to rape and in incest cases that's from Bernie it's not 100% effective Bernie Kira, uh, I think the best argument for being pro-choice is that even if I concede a fetus has a right to life which I don't it doesn't have a right to life by relying on the body of someone else without their consent in the same way I can't hook myself up to somebody else's body for nine months to keep me alive that is bodily autonomy uh, lots of stuff on in your shoes uh, why does the baby have to take the blame for a girl who has been raped please answer thanks Kier, for asking real questions unfortunately the GP is not able to think beyond indoctrinated beliefs someone else says abortion is cruel I've worked with a child with fatal fetal abnormality who survived and is now a teenager abortion discriminates and I've also talked to those born from rape they hate that their lives are used as grounds for abortion uh, Stephen says compassion that is completely untrue having had to travel to Liverpool due to a fatal fetal abnormality the, do- the doctors there were who treated us with compassion and uh, Uh, and and Anna McHugh says I am a GP trainee in Donegal and I would like to support Kira Kelly and point out that the mistruths yet again on the no side there is no way to legislate for rape and fetal abnormality this has been looked into time and time again there was no way to do this where was Dr O'Regan when we were trying to do this abortion here is abortion is here and it is unsafe I want to support my patients please vote yes to help the women of Ireland and oh thank
0: goodness there's somebody like that in Donegal I think of Donegal as backwards they're, they're a place where the most conservative voting record... Now, that doesn't mean they're all like that. But that its voting record has been to support the most uh, maintenance of the status quo place. And to think that there are at least one doctor in Donegal who, who said what she said. I'm very pleased. I'm sure I wronged some people in Donegal but anyway that's the way it is in my mind
14: what? the lotto jackpot is three million euro
0: okay, okay that's it little snippets again yeah I, I spent um, the last maybe ten days or something like that since I started sharing pieces of the conversations taking place in Ireland Ever since I started doing that I've maintained uh, what I have felt to be a kind of dignified aloofness in relation to my own uh, point of view and I've stuck by expressing the point of view that the more this topic is discussed the better and that I have been prepared to say all along but as we now get to the last day or two I'm going to say more about my own view. I have only one vote, mind you. So, it's... uh, But I have... uh, I have relevant uh, experience. I have relevant uh, opinions. I have relevant feelings. I have relevant predictions. I have relevant imaginations. So... And that is meant to address myself more than anybody else because I'm kind of giving myself a uh, permission to say something and I was inclined to withhold that permission from myself because uh, I didn't want to be listening to a whole lot of men talking about abortion I don't hold the view that this issue is, you know, equal for men and for women, and that in that sense men and women have equal rights to speak. No. I hold a view that women... I mean, in theory, I would have liked this whole uh, debate, this whole campaign to have been... the only people who would have been speaking in public would have been women and I know that the harsh side of that would have involved, it's a preposterous suggestion, don't get me wrong, of course I predict that there wouldn't be a single person in the country who'd support that that wish I have had and that I wouldn't uh, try to press on anybody else but men there has been precious little conversation about the consequences for men, and men's responsibility for the pregnancy. Precious little, and that will always be so. No matter how much you hold men responsible for, you know, their part in pregnancy, it's women. It's women who have the privilege the honor and the advantage of, of being able to be pregnant. You see, not enough is said about the the wonderful advantage that women have over men in that they can be pregnant. The tremendous advantage that provides women in relation to keeping their feet on the ground and being grounded and being, in a way, kind of linked to evolution in a way that men aren't. Now there's another story, I have a life story about that which I might tell sometime. But I'm really flying the flag for there being differences between men and women. And of course men have feelings. And of course men who have found, and it's happened to men, that a pregnancy that they created, if you like, or helped create, has been ended without their permission I'm not saying that's easy for a man to take I'm not saying it's easy <laughs> for a man to experience what it's like to be powerless not at all anyway this is another topic a worthy topic a topic I've never expressed my my experience on and maybe I never will I've had a long life, maybe I'll go to the grave not having revealed a lot about my long life. In fact, I'm certain, even if I set out to reveal everything, I'd fail. Okay, I give myself permission now to share with you the way I'm thinking and feeling. And how I'm going to vote on Friday. I can't talk to the other side of the debate. I can't talk to the people in Ireland who believe that everybody should vote no. I can't talk to them. I can talk at them. I can't have a conversation with them. I can't get into a position where they listen to me. This has nothing to do with willingness in theory, but in practice, I don't go to church anymore. I used to be a believer. I am now, today, and I call myself an unbeliever i don't uh, believe in a wide range of beliefs that people on the no side of this debate have i don't share their beliefs they know it i if i had gone back to church gone back to roman catholic mass on a regular basis be joined The Roman Catholic parish. The activities done in the parish, being a gone as far as you know, becoming and being a uh, a lay reader, um, uh, fundraiser for the church and the local community, um, member of uh, parents. parent-teacher-body, uh, parent-parent-governor um, uh, at a school which is owned by the Roman Catholic Church. If I'd done all of these things, then I I would be able to speak to and with and enter into dialogue with the no side. I would have been able to speak from within. And as we must expect and we know already most of the conversations are not between they are within the no people talk to other no people they build their solidarity they build their confidence they they help each other to remain strong in their views the yes side the same where is the space where the two sides can have a sustained dialogue is, in effect, what Barbara K.B. In, uh, in Detroit asked me. I've referred to this before, and Barbara, if you listen to this, I'm drawing, as you can see, a very clear distinction between, you know, saying stuff, which I'm doing right now, and entering into, you know, exchanges of views, trying to understand each other's point of view, you know, working in the space where people who are decided in one way might become undecided, or people who are undecided might become decided. Yeah. The, the, nobody who is... Nobody in Ireland, certainly, who is a, for a no vote on Friday will listen to this. And even if I went on television... Or on, on radio, let's say, if I had succeeded in getting on the radio this morning about this. Um, nobody on the no side would have listened to me. Yeah, make, make no bones about this. There are people who say things. That does, and there are people who even stay silent whilst other people are talking. But it does not mean they listen. It doesn't mean they attend. It doesn't mean they could summarize back to somebody on the other side what their point of view was There's absolutely no fastidiousness about understanding the other side None at all An ability to characterize the other side's point of view as undesirable An ability to do that is one of the most highly sought after skills in political cut and thrust the more you can mock and ridicule and undermine the other side the more you can misrepresent the other side the more you can set up the views of the other side to be I don't know a straw straw man and then knock it down the more you can in this day and age uh, invent or misrepresent facts in inverted commas quote, give the impression that something was said in 2017 when, in fact, it was said in 2005, say something was in this journal when actually it was in that journal, Uh, say something was peer-reviewed when it wasn't peer-reviewed, all of that stuff which we, and I think is inevitable. You know, I don't, and, uh, you know, I just think that, that Donald Trump has had more expertise in that area, his camp, but it doesn't mean he's the only one who who engaged in it and uh, I suppose he's going to be credited by history for um, what is this uh, phrase that we have which is a uh, false facts um, anyway the main th- this is getting beside the point but my key point I want to make here is that you know i my views don't matter in terms of persuading anybody. So that takes a lot of weight off me. You know, in theory, should I have, uh, you know, if I wanted to influence people, should I have gone back to church a year ago? Should Actually, should I have gone back to church as soon as I heard that the Irish Citizens Assembly was going to consider this matter? Now, I want to put something in parenthesis for a second. The Citizens Assembly, and Irish people will understand what this mean if any Irish people listen to this, um, did... Uh, hard work on this whole area, but there's been precious little reference to the fact that a group of Irish citizens spent ages, well, spent a lot of time paying attention to this issue, heard a lot more arguments in a much more, in a much less febrile atmosphere, in an atmosphere which was deliberately, or in a, in a setup which was deliberately constructed so as to maximize the amount of respect for people with whom you didn't agree. Okay, end of parenthesis. I've got so much uh, stored up within myself that I haven't let out. And I have no regrets that I stored it up and didn't, you know, go. I mean, the very first thing I said about the whole thing, about my own point of view, that I'm aware of, was a piece that I wrote as a poem on a Facebook page, which was uh, on the no side. And I then subsequently decided, well, look, there are people I'd like to read this so I'll put it in other places because nobody who I know uh, would ever go to the place where I had put it because like everybody else I suspect well maybe I'm an extreme case even um, almost all of the people that I know are of one mind (laughs) now there are people who are not of one mind but almost everybody So, you know, it's a really uh, small group of people in my life who um, wouldn't vote uh, yes on Friday. They're the people I mix with. I don't get a good opportunity to listen to the no side. Even though in my extended family, and this person will be nameless, there is one person, who has been going around from church to church uh, speaking from pulpit on the topic on the no side. Now, I only quote that on the grounds that that's that's a bit like the exception that proves the rule. And I also think, uh, well, maybe there are people whose social circles are made up of widely divergent views. In my experience though the, the you know I mix with people who are generally would be regarded as liberal as opposed to conservative and there's a certain mindset like I'll, I'll give you an example of what I mean but this is almost like one kind um, I don't mix with highly conservative people Among highly conservative people are a good number of people who are racist, sexist, homophobic. Um, They're against all this modern, you know, they'd be against transgender people, you know, being welcomed in society. They'd be against teaching uh, kids that there are people who are bisexual transgender their people have had their gender reassigned just to pick that one example there are people who would never let their children if they had control over it know about these things let alone think about it and form their own opinions about it because that's just the way they are and i tend to keep away from people like that um i'm sure there are a good lot of them that would be nice company on a golf course uh, if, if you didn't uh, um, need to talk to them in between golf shots about social issues. I'm now going to make a sandwich and my god, Joe Duffy starts in a minute. This should be interesting. Well, subscribe or follow
7: you on Instagram, we get a the community. Um, uh,
11: yeah four hundred and sixty so far um, followers on it and um, and it's just amazing the support that I found through there, just other mums and dads who are gone through something very similar to me. Um, and, and how do you other support each other, here by
7: sharing stories?
11: We yeah, we share each other's stories. We offer support to each other, you know, if something happens or or anything like that. I also um I organise myself when I've done balloon releases and um, We've done memorial stones in our local forest. I'm actually, I have a meeting tomorrow with our local parish priest about getting a permanent installation of a memorial garden for mums and dads to be able to go and, you know, write their baby's names on these memorial stones and lay them in the garden, yeah, because me, that healing.
7: Explain to me, well, when you end up having a miscarriage at seven weeks, yeah. do, do you get a burial? Is it possible to...
11: No. Um, it's not, it's not really recognized. Like, <laughs> This is and this is one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about making it recognised. They're not recognised as babies until they're 24 weeks, and so before that, it's classed as a miscarriage. And I mean, I suppose you could organise it yourself, but you're not really offered anything at the hospital. And um, I have to say now, the, the midwives and the nurses were next to none. But I was handed the leaflet for the Miscarriage Association and told you know, that's all we can do and sit at home. So you're not really offered anything, any sort of closure, which is one of the things that I'm trying to do with my Instagram page is to offer, you know, these parents and um, that are going through the unimaginable some sort of comfort and kind of closure in a way that they never got.
7: Yeah, um, it must be terribly hard to walk into a hospital with something and come out with nothing. And I mean, absolutely nothing. I say,
11: it. yeah, it's the worst walk you'll ever do in your life, leaving the hospital without your baby. Um, it, to me, it doesn't matter how many weeks pregnant you are, leaving the hospital without your baby is one of the worst things that can ever happen to somebody. Um, and it's not just me. I know early miscarriage is often discredited, but I've had conversations with moms who've had stillborn babies, and they've lost friends and family because those friends and family don't recognize that child as ever having existed. They kind of rest them off because their baby died, and I think that's just awful. Um, because to me, we're still mums, and they're still our babies, no matter whether they're here or not.
7: Either way, it leaves you twixt and tween on the horns of the dilemma. You can see right yeah. on both sides. In both yeah, that's,
11: yeah, It's exactly it. I don't. I felt if I voted yes, then I'd be agreeing that they're not babies, which, again, as i read that I across, I really do believe that they are. But then if I vote no, I, I feel like I'm taking a choice away from somebody that's not mine to make. It, as I a very personal decision between
7: a couple, and um, and for the woman as well. Um, you really are genuinely undecided, but yet you are going to yeah. vote, yes. So it it, would, oh, yeah. it it would be you know the last argument that you hear or the last image that you see as you go into the polling station is probably what might end up deciding for you here, yeah. I think so. Um, I really have
11: no idea at the moment. As I said, I'm completely torn because of my situation. It's it's um it's a difficult one, so yeah I, I'm not really sure what to say about that because um, as I said I am undecided and um, because of my situation.
7: And are you the kind of undecided person who is being continually swayed by the last thing that they heard?
11: No, I don't, I think, I think for me I'm just going to have to really go and really really think about it because as I said I'm so, this is such a personal thing for me because I have such a personal involvement in it you know with my baby and um, so I really don't know. I don't think I'm not a person that's very easily swayed, like my opinion. Um, so I, I really don't know what I'm going to do for the moment. And so I think that at the moment I'm undecided. So I'll right. just have
7: to wait. Stay on the line if you want to, hear. I'm going to yes. bring in Therese at this point, going from somebody okay. who is agonising over their choice to Therese, somebody who isn't really giving their choice an awful lot of thought, your son. Oh,
14: yes.
7: Can you hear me there, Therese?
1: I can, yeah. Can you hear me?
7: What did your son say to you?
1: I he doesn't live at home and I mentioned that I had a soldier card which came to the house and he said, That's you I don't need that won't you often. And he sort of took me aback and I said, But oh, why? He says, Well it won't apply to me, it doesn't apply to me. Um I'm sort of wondering now, are there a lot of young lads out there that have just gone to over their head?
7: now what age is he?
1: He's in his thirties. not in a relationship at
7: the minute. And do you think that's why he doesn't think that it applies to him
1: because he isn't in a relationship? Well, he's not living at home, he's not in a relationship, he has been. He's working in a predominantly male place. I asked him did he talk about it in work, had he, you know, had any talk discussions, he said no. So, it's like, well, it it can't happen to me. And I did start to say, well, you have sisters. Well, I just wondered if a lot of, you know, I think it's somebody else and they said, Young lads and said the same thing, are they not I just wonder what they
7: missed along the way somewhere. Yes, you have sisters, you have mothers, you have aunts. I mean they do say of young men, particularly when it comes to votes like this, that their their sense of empathy isn't fully developed until they're quite far into their mid-twenties, and that mm-hmm. they're not necessarily able to see arguments from all sides or both sides. Uh, particularly ones when there's an emotional element to it like this. But did did you tell him you were disappointed in him?
1: I did. I, I urged him to vote. I said, You have sisters. I said, you know, and, you know, it's up to everybody to go out and vote, I said, but I just he's just so far removed from it at the moment that, you know, as I said, he's not dealing with any girls at the moment. Um it's like, you know, he probably hasn't even read up on it. it you know, it's just not in his sidekick at the minute. Because that's happened to me, you know.
7: And are all of his colleagues of the same kind of age?
1: Um, His work colleagues would be, you know, in general, older and younger, I'd imagine. You know, I just thought that, that he had his had his head on his in the pants, he'd about for that? Was, You know, I hadn't spoken a lot to him, but I was just trying to sort him out. So I said, have go you got know, one-year grade right? for anything? Not so, he said, no, we don't have
7: about do that. Really? Oh, hang on. Yeah. Tom, good afternoon, how are you? Good afternoon, Philip. Uh, very well, thank you. You won't be voting either?
14: No, um, no, I won't. I think I'm slightly different to tra- 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 some, you know, some in that I'm in my seventies, I'm a grandfather. Um, but I, it's really for that reason that uh, I've been very fortunate all my life and that I've never been exposed in any way to the horrors and tragedies of this situation. Um, and having this fish in my career, I'm unlikely to be exposed to it. Um, so I, I just am very slow to dictate to oh, any woman uh,
7: how she should or shouldn't behave when I have no experience whatsoever of it. But you don't have to have experience to have knowledge. You could go out and inform yourself.
14: Well, I'd like to think I'm reasonably well informed, um, I, I can be honest, I suppose it's a separate issue. I, I find it hard to make up my mind because I see, you know, very strong points on both sides uh, and weaknesses on both sides, in proving in summary, I suppose. I feel very sorry for the ladies, say, like Kira, uh, with the very unfortunate experience she had. Um, and then on the other hand, I certainly could never approve of abortion uh, on demand within 12 weeks. Um, but really, I, I just think, I, I really admire Kira, your first uh, speaker, in that having suffered the traumatic event that she's had, she's still... Times uh, so it's hard to make up her mind, but also she stressed she does, even with her background, she doesn't feel that she should dictate to any woman what she should do. So if Kira can't
7: uh, feel she should, uh, I, I certainly can't feel I should. Do you feel like you're ducking a hard decision though, Tom? Because I mean, Kira has said she is going to vote, she doesn't know yet what way she's going to vote, but you've said, oh, no I can't make up my I can't decide one way or the other, so I just won't vote.
14: Well, when I, I think, yeah, you may say that, and maybe I am, but I honestly I believe that if I were in a situation, I would decide one way or the other to vote, because I think, you know, it would be something that affects me deeply.
7: What if the shoe was yeah. on the other foot here, Tom? What if this was a vote about, let's just say, for argument's sake? Uh, vital prostate cancer services or testicular cancer services, something that was a uniquely male health issue and you heard heard a woman on saying well you know what this isn't my issue I'm not going to vote, what would you say? I I think I'd sympathise with her,
14: I think I would, Um, it's probably not quite the same because uh, probably a lot of women would have relationships with men who have the problem. Um, and okay, I know I have a make relationship with ladies so I have the problem as well, but I don't. Um, which is a point I'm making. Um, but yeah, I think I would sympathise with the lady in that situation. Uh but pretty if she wasn't in a relationship
7: with senior or widowed or something and I really had no possibility of encountering it. Therese, will you try out some of the arguments you employed with your son on Tom? Um, Therese right.
1: Well, I'm listening to Tom.
0: I hope they have nothing but so called undecided people on today. I think that, that this'll be much this will be very interesting. But like myself, I'm not going to be affected
1: by this at my age. But I don't know what's down the road. And you don't know what's down the road. And none of us can decide on this on your but personally. So I think, you know, everybody should go out. I'm going to vote for choice. That's my vote. Because I, oh, like you that nobody can make a decision for anybody else. If this hits home, it's personal, it's a crisis in, in a family, and we're the only ones that can sort um, you know, it. I just feel you know, I'm going out to vote one way or the other. sure.
14: comments. Uh, and fair to say uh, to you, Cross, I mean, you're, you're, you're completely in touch and I wouldn't dream of trying to uh, enforce my views on anybody. Uh, I've always believed in voting, and always have, as I've been out in the country. But just to take up your point, yes I have, and I female grandchildren who are very young. Now, it's going to be a long time before they come to, you know, being in childbearing situations, by which time I probably won't be on this planet. Uh, but circumstances will be so much different then that, again, I couldn't try and, uh, let's say, vote uh, on what they may be facing in the light of circumstances.
7: It's not a completely neutral thing, not voting, is it, Tom? I mean, it is a political statement in itself, particularly where the vote is expected to be as tight as this one is.
14: Well, in a way, Philip, you can say that, you know, in a way. But I I honestly believe it's the right thing for me. And, I mean, you know, Richie said to me when he was on earlier, he said, you know it could be a very close vote. So, yes, okay. but I'm not sure what's the right result here. So, if one side wins by one vote, I won't be doing my head in and saying, well, oh if only I had a vote so I could have changed that.
7: Well, what about asking one of your kids what way you want them, to, what way they would like to see you vote?
14: Yeah, i have that, you know. That's their And and they would they, they
7: would like to see me voting. Okay. I say. And but you weren't persuaded. No. Alright. Kira, would you like to say anything to Tom? Um, well the only thing
12: that like obviously as
11: I said I am still undecided, on the, the only thing that would was... <laughs> slightly make me lean more towards the kind of yes vote would be. Um, my personal experience, as I said, I, um, I I was seven weeks when I lost Charlie, but I had to actually go through two days of contractions. Um, it's rare, but it does happen. Um, and to know that I was going to have to give birth to a baby that was not going to live, I would never wish that on anybody, um, which is one of the reasons I'm slightly leaning more towards the yes vote. Again, as I said, also because I don't believe I have I can make that choice for anybody, and um, but also because I know what it's like to have yeah. to go through that pain. What do you, you know think of
7: Tom's choice though? In what do you think of Tom's choice to not vote, to say this has nothing to do with me?
11: Um, I mean, I suppose I can, as I said, I can see it from his point of view as well. He's saying that he has no personal experience and he doesn't want, he just doesn't want to make the wrong decision. Um, so I can I. I'm kind of the person that I can see it from everybody's point yeah, of you view.
7: You know what your problem for is? You're, you're, you're cursed with a surplus of empathy, Kira. you really can't see yeah.
11: everybody's point of view, can you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's exactly it. And I think I have become a lot more empathic since becoming a mother. Um, and obviously with the, the circumstances, the circumstances that I became a mother, I have so much empathy for not just you know grieving mothers and fathers, but literally everybody. And... Um,
7: all right, listen, Kira. Thank you very much for your call, right. Trade and Tom. I I hope you give us every last moment of thought now between now and Friday 10 p.m. when the polls close, because
14: it's a special thing being able to vote. A very special thing. I know, Philip. But in fairness, you know, I have, I don't like the idea that people say you're obliged to vote or you have a duty to vote. I mean, I, I think in most circumstances, I tend to agree. With that, but again, that's merely imposing, you know, my view on somebody else. If I say something like that to somebody, and
7: no more than I'm not telling sorry, anybody mm-hmm. you have a duty not to vote because I think you shouldn't vote. I'm... Interesting perspective, a privileged perspective on this because of my job. I have been sent to all sorts of different parts of the world where voting isn't taken for granted at all, and we're not as remotely as blas they are not as remotely blasé as about as we are in the Western world. I can tell you, the excitement around any election, any referendum, any opportunity to express your political point of view in many developing countries is something that nobody would ever contemplate for one moment passing up on if they thought that they could vote safely
14: and confidentially, which
7: is a privilege that we all have. Uh, I think that's a very good point, and I completely, in, in any other circumstance, I'd agree with you. All right, Tom, thank you very much, Entries and Antraise and Kerry, going we'll to take a
0: break. And I'm left wondering, how would Joe Duffy have handled this this week? I find Philip Boucher's Hayes approach to be as good at getting people to think about the issues as i i could imagine but how would joe duffy have handled it and why is joe duffy not on the show this week had he booked annual holidays at the time or did he want to have a break or was this a topic that he didn't really want to get drawn into (laughs) what's going on joe The people of Ireland might want to know. I was attracted by a message sent to me by a friend from California. She sent me a copy of Jack Dorsey on Periscope talking about the future health of uh, Twitter. And I got hooked on that. I wasn't sure what he meant by the word health. Um, I now understand. But also, there were about three other people, um, heads of big parts of uh, Twitter, there. So that's what has attracted me. Now, let's see what's happening back on the radio. Oh, isn't it wonderful you're expecting? What are you hoping for? When is your baby due? It was just so very painful and
15: difficult. We were all suffering. In the end, they decided that they would go to London and, out of humane compassion for the baby, they would have her heart stopped so that she wouldn't have the traumatic birth. Once she leaves the womb, she would suffocate.
7: This was not an easy decision. They went over what they had Sorry, can I ask for one second? It was explained to them that if the baby was born alive that it would be a painful birth. It be born alive because the baby would suffocate. Once it left the safety of the womb, it closed,
15: the little girl, her lungs couldn't
7: work. But there would be a few attempts at breath once they... There would possibly be. would be, yes, there possibly
15: would be. I'm not totally, you know, meditate, whatever, but... I know this appeared to be the situation, but then it was the right decision. They came back, and the difference was that when they came back, they went into the Rotunda, who were absolutely wonderful and compassionate. Because there was no heartbeat, my daughter was induced. Um, and then, you know, it meant that they could have a funeral service for the baby. We could be present. We could be, we got the wonderful opportunity to spend time with our granddaughter in the little mortuary chapel in the Rotunda. They could have, you know, some close friends and very close family there. We had a ceremony for the baby, for little Poppy, as she became, and uh, we had it there in the chapel of the angels in Mount Jerome And that was just wonderful because we were able to, I won't say put closure, you never book closure on these things, but able to accept what had happened. And it gave us time to grieve as a family and for them to, you know, to be there as well with their daughter and all of that. We were there to support them. So the second experience, unfortunately,
7: was in 20... Can I, before you go on to the second yeah. experience, Annette, can I ask you, d- did your daughter make a very deliberate choice to have the heart stopped in London, but not induce the the pregnancy or the birth there, so that she would be, herself be able to bring Poppy back to Ireland? Absolutely. In, her, her, in her room. Absolutely, and the danger. All felt as well, Do you know, yeah. coming home
15: on a plane and anything could happen, but she did for you know, to be with family, to be here all around her, this also time for both of us
7: to must have been a really, really tough call for her uh, and for you to say, yeah, we think that this is a good idea because there, are, there must have been a risk to her health associated. Absolutely. With I mean, it was absolutely the most frightening, awful time
15: of our lives. And, you know, for my daughter and, and her partner, I mean, there's just, I don't even think we could go there to the depths of the pain and anguish that everybody felt, the concern and the worry. And she was delivered safely of the baby. They got time to spend with Poppy. They got time to be with her and cuddle her and hold her. And we had their beautiful little girl. We were privileged to be able to mind her. And then, as I said, we had the ceremony and all of that. And it took time and we're still probably, they're all still grieving at some level. And then the next time my daughter decided in, in 2015, you know, they say lightning doesn't strike twice, and after coming through with, with dignity and courage, which both of them had all the way through, great dignity, my daughter decided that they would like to become pregnant again and hope for a little brother or sister for their beautiful daughter. And, I mean, you know, they say lightning right twice, but when they went in at 12 weeks, there was a high risk that the baby had Edmunds Syndrome not related at all to the other situation Um, and they went back from 14 weeks and they had amniocentesis test and that confirmed the diagnosis of Edmunds Syndrome to say we were shattered we were on the floor, Philip
7: these are just awful tragic circumstances for anyone to have to cope with and to have to cope with it twice was just unbearable for them. Give give me um, a lesson here, Edmund syndrome, is that that a a form of trisomy or anencephaly? No, it's not anencephaly. I I don't know 100% sure, Philip, I can't honestly say, because we heard the words, if if you can understand me as human beings, not really so much that's into, but with the words incompatible with life, no and to large. It doesn't really matter what the diagnosis was, it was never, the, the baby was never going to live outside the womb. Absolutely,
15: okay. that's, it, that's it. Or if it did, it would I think they had a very, very short time. And my daughter had been through so much, both of them have been through so much, and they made a very hard decision this time. They went to Liverpool, again, met with the greatest compassion. The people who had met along the way have been wonderful. But they went, and um, this time we were minding our granddaughter for, we knew, a couple of days. They decided they would be induced there, and um, that was the decision that they made. So we were hearing... She wasn't able to and, go through bringing the baby back inside her I, I just don't think they could. Do you know, and like, it's such a personal thing for people to have to decide. You know, I don't, even as a parent, I, I want to leave my daughter with the dignity to make her own decision what's right for them. So. No. We didn't go too much into medical or we just met them where they were at in their pain and in their heartbreak, really, because that's what it was. And so, as I say, they were over there and then something seemed to go wrong with the labour. And I don't really know, again, what happened. But they should have been back, say, within two days or three days and something happened. And, I, you know, I thought of my daughter law over there on her own. Nobody going back to a hotel room at night, wondering, we're on this end, wondering what's happening with our beautiful daughter. Should we be over there? Is there something going wrong? But eventually, on the Saturday, our second beautiful granddaughter, well, she's our third granddaughter, but our second one that we would lose, whom they called Abby, was born, thanks to a wonderful Irish midwife, who could see the trauma and the stress. I mean, you must remember her, little. My daughter and daughter in that the girl was here with us and she was missing her mom and mama so much. People forget that. You know, we were all
7: trying to deal with it, with this and, you know, they were over Your there. Point is this them. was a trauma on the child that wouldn't have been visited on her if... Absolutely, if, she if was they had been here again. because,
15: yeah. they, okay. you know, her mom could have come home in the evening even. And
0: at the... I'm, I feel, I'm in tears listening to this woman and i'm trying to figure out why am i in tears and i think it is because i keep saying to myself the nobility of this woman i mean the woman who's speaking the nobility of her and before this at all you know i had been thinking to myself look whatever way this referendum vote goes the stories that people have heard the accounts that are in the public domain this is the real ireland the the viewpoints the experience the tone of voice the feelings the fears the hopes everything this is the real ireland as opposed to the front that the country you know well the front that ...people experience when they generalise about Ireland. And this is transformational in the sense that... ...I mean, I wasn't here in Ireland for a lot of... ...most of my life almost. But the idea that we can now discuss these things. And that we don't have priests coming on... ...bishops coming on, saying things... In public, which, as if they were authorities, or as if they should be listened to, I kind of don't mind what they do in their own churches, in the in the privacy of their own church, but thank goodness they're not on the radio or on TV. It very much matters the most where we want to be there, but at our most vulnerable. These decisions are not made lightly a personal decision
15: for women and their families and their partners to make individual and personal choices. I was, you know, grew up in the 50s and 60s, Philip, and I saw girls going with their suitcase for holidays to Aunt Mary or Uncle John in London. And coming back three months later with no mention, nothing acknowledged. And as well for my daughter and daughter, we were so, so lucky with Poppy to be able to acknowledge her presence here in the world for however short a time it was, we valued that so much. And, you know, I want to say please don't keep importing, exporting these problems. Please don't keep sending your women away. know us have- here. It's not, it's just
7: the worst thing that can happen. And, and you, you or your daughter would, would have an insight though into one particular issue that's a good concern, a big concern to the no-counting. campaign. That is because she had um, a, a screening, at, an early screening, did she, that identified yeah, she uh, the, uh, the defects um, at, before 12 weeks, or was it at 12
15: weeks? I was for, for Abby, that was
7: 12 weeks, yeah, and for Abby, 20. it was 21 weeks. Um... Do you share any of their concerns that the availability of tests, because it has been confirmed by some obstetricians that there are indeed some tests which can point to the possibility of birth defects uh, earlier even than 12 weeks, that that people might have abortions for that reason? Well,
15: I really don't want to comment on people's personal circumstances, Philip. I think This is an individual journey for a person and their baby. I don't think these decisions are made lightly. I don't think they're made like the way you say in the morning, hey, you know, I think I'll go in and do some retail therapy. This is born of pain. I do think if people, if these things are available here, at least people have time to think about what is the right thing, the right way to move forward. I do believe in choice. I believe it's an individual, personal choice that every person has to live with. You know, we all live with consequences of our choices, and we don't know the circumstances. Like who am I to judge for another person on this most intimate thing, what's right for them or what's wrong. So I do believe in personal choice. I do think it's important that we honour our women, that we don't export them, that we allow them to be here with their families when they're making these difficult choices. That's probably all I, I... I don't
7: know if I can add any more to that film. Thank you very much for sharing what you have shared, Annette. It was very good. Thank you very much indeed. And as I say, I will appeal
15: to the Irish people to vote, yes. 185715
7: 815 Annette. Thank you very much. Now, Brida, um, I interrupted you there at the end of your own story. Yeah, Did you, I want can... you to make an observation about Helen from yesterday? Yes, and um, my
12: sympathy with uh, with Annette and, and, uh, and um, her family. Um, I, I, I suppose just on at that point I to feel that a lot of people feel conflicted and uh, and feel that it should that there shouldn't be a yes no option at all and um, and that really you know like in nice one you know like Tom was saying he couldn't feel comfortable to vote in either direction that really we should mm-hmm. if we say yes then we've got this. We've got this proposal that's very unrestricted and that's very, and um, very many of people are very un- are very unhappy with. And if we vote, um, y- 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 you know, that's, that that that'll be the basis of, of the of making legislation. Mm-hmm. And if we vote no, I think there's a lot of I think there's been I have heard I've heard the we net, totally heartfelt. I've heard so many people, you know, and. I can understand the moving over and back as Kira has. Mm-hmm. Well, what was your I say to about but just, just to say that if we like nice one said, if we voted no and give it back to the government and, and, and come up with something better. Because when Helen said yesterday, Helen you asked Helen, did she um did she know of any children who were saved by the Eighth Amendment? I know from my, my own work uh, and within my own family. Um, I know both children and adults who are alive because of the Eighth Amendment, because of that culture of life. And um, I know people, right, regular people, and I know people who have a disability, um, who whose, whose parents and families are living very fulfilled lives because their their child exists. Um, I they just need support, and and it is the 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 part that comes through very very strongly is if we can give more support. Um, even a child who lives a very short time
7: can have a very profound impact but, but go, go on... But provo- go back to your first point there, uh, that if we were to vote no, we can tell the government to come up with something better. What What better? What alternative?
12: I'm not a legislator, but I think that there's been so much, it has been so debated, you know, you Philip, yourself would probably have heard so much at this stage, that certainly the, the, the um, issues um, around um, around a
14: child's death that, um, like, my child, you know, like... It's OK, just, it's, it's complex. You know, it is complex, it, it is very, very yeah, complex. And I want, to let other voices, I want to let other voices in. Yeah. So thank you
7: very, very much, Paul, and thank you, Annette, as well. I'm going to take another break now. Talk to Joe on eighteen fifteen seven one five eight one five. 715, The Ryan Tuberty Show.
0: Let's give it back to the legislators. Let's vote no and send this back and get something better. Right, and what do you think would be better? I'm not a legislator. I'm sure there could be something better. Uh, This is avoidance of responsibility. This is a person when they argue like that, and they say, send it back, let it get better. But they have no idea about what would make it better. They're not prepared to fly a flag. This is ideological, ideology speaking. These are people who want to get a no vote, and they'll get it by a variety of arguments. Including giving people the impression that there is something better. Don't trust the politicians send it back to them Let them give us another proposal No Spurious Superficial It wouldn't survive that point of view Wouldn't survive a kind dialogue That didn't let the person squirm off the hook Either that woman has an idea that she thinks would be better or she doesn't. And if she doesn't, she'd be better saying, look, don't ask me why. I'm for no. I have a vote. I don't have to justify to anybody. I don't even have to argue why. I'm going into that box, I'm going to vote no and you can all make up your own mind the way you want to make it up but I urge you to vote no at least that would be honest, that would be accurate not duplicitous and superficial (laughs) and so we come to the end of this episode of the podcast from Cork with love, adventure, the life goes on, the conversations go on, the debate goes on, as I said right at the beginning of this uh, podcast episode, there will be a moratorium tomorrow afternoon on uh, television, radio. I'm not 100% sure about text, uh, newspapers, moratorium in the newspapers. I I don't know. I don't think so. But we'll see. I'll I'll be able to fill you in on that. Um, So I will be um, interested enough uh, to go and pay some attention to the sort of things that are being said on social media. And when it comes to saying something about what's going on on social media, I think because of the particular nature of this podcast, uh, I'm going to confine myself to Cork. I have a Twitter list of uh, about 1,100 social uh, uh, um, Twitter accounts in Cork. Um, it's, it's. I think it's the biggest list. So if somebody actually wants to follow what's going on, What's being said on Twitter by people who live in Cork. Um, You can go to my Twitter um, Omani blog and uh, go down, find the list and follow the list. Um, Some of you who have never done this, you don't have to understand it. But those of you who are using Twitter if you're to to be honest if you're not in my opinion in my humble opinion if you're not using twitter lists you're well you you might be pleased if you started to use twitter lists let me put it that way so until the next time until there's more uh, voices and more sound i can bring you twitter will involve me in doing commentary but actually, there's an easy way of doing that that I could do. I just have to sit here in my kitchen, perhaps even this evening, with my laptop, and I use TweetDeck, and I have, uh, you know, I have a column on TweetDeck which is the uh, the stream uh, on my cork list, and I can simply read you uh, what people have to say. That's right. Uh, 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 and uh, I myself w- don't know what people have to say because, as I think I said before, I have only been following the sort of traditional media in relation to this. You can't do everything, can you? Um, I was fascinated, though, to hear on the radio today, and I think it may have been re- recorded here, that there's somebody who has an Instagram account Although that's devoted to helping people who have experienced or sharing with people who have experienced um, uh, premature babies being born, I think. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. I'm not going to Instagram to try to find out about the Irish abortion referendum. I'm more likely to go to Twitter because that's the simplest. Um, So... I'm just going to go to Twitter. Anyway, so for now until the next time we meet this is Paul O'Mani, your host on from Cork with Love Adventure saying thank you very much for listening and it would be wonderful in fact no, I'll put it formally I invite you to get in touch with this podcast and I would get great satisfaction, Um, if you would like me to share with other people what you have to say, frankly, about anything, but to be blunt, in the next couple of days, anything to do with the issue of abortion.